Welcome to Let's Talk Land, a weekly land education talk show devoted to learning about land and farms, buying and selling, and ownership, especially for real estate agents and realtors. Hey, learn from the experts. This is free land education, guys. Hi, my name's Lou Jewell. I'm an accredited land consultant with United Country Real Estate Sutton Properties, along with my co-host, Teresa Martin, today, who's out selling real estate. Real estate is busy, so uh, we'll miss her today. Uh, buying or selling homes, land or farms in western Piedmont, North Carolina, or Southern Virginia, just give us a shout, guys. We'll help you out. Our office is at 102 East Main Street next to BB&T Bank in downtown Pilot Mountain, North Carolina. And our company website is www.allsuttonproperties.com. That's A-L-L-S-U-T-T-O-N properties, plural, dot com. All of our shows are dedicated to the Realtors Land Institute staff and our members and their national websites, www.rliland.com. Buying or selling, you want to work with experts, and we are the experts all over the United States. So make sure you go to that website around the country if you need some help uh, with land or farm issues. Hey, we'd like to thank our sponsor, LandHub.com. Hey, buying or selling land, LandHub is the place to be. Our guest today is Matt Allen. Welcome, Matt. Thank you so much for having me, Lou. Oh, you're Very more happy than welcome. To be here. Where are you calling from? Calling from Asheville, North Carolina. Perfect, perfect. You are um, a, a staff a, a member of the uh, uh, organization, professional development uh, director. For Land of the Sky Association of Realtors, how many, uh, you guys kind of consolidated, how many counties is that that you guys cover? We have Transylvania, Madison, and Buncombe, and we have about 1,900 members, roughly. We're looking to, I, I, again, just how wild things have been in the market, and uh, lots of agents are or lots of people are becoming agents is probably a better way to say it. So we're, we're thinking we're probably going to go over 2,000 this year, so we'll see. And you guys are an O-line MLS, uh, one of the first ones established in North Carolina, right? Yeah. Um, in fact, we celebrated 100 years in 2017. Wow. You and the... we, were, we were around even before the uh, Code of Ethics. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's going to be our topic today. Just a little bit about your background so our listening audience gets to know who you are. You did your undergraduate work at BYU and graduated in 2008 with a BA in communications and a minor in Japanese. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't draw the parallel there. Why Japanese? I, I, oh, I, I spent some time over there doing missionary work oh, okay. and learned the language, and so came back and thought, you know, I don't want to go to waste. Might as well get a minor in it. Wow. Good for you. Law school at Hofstra University. You graduated with a JD degree in 2011. And then you uh, went to work with um, uh, Mary, uh, I'm sorry, Murano. Is that how you pronounce it? Bar Review? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I worked for a, a bar exam prep company um, before I got, you know, the, the law firm job where I mainly did employment law there in New York. I was in adjunct professor at my law school that kind of whet my appetite for education sure. uh, further and you know d d done a lot of different things practiced law done education and uh did some real estate here in Asheville as well so that kind of brought me to my current position here at the board of realtors right and uh i'm, I'm hoping to have you on for a couple more shows because uh, you're so versed uh, in a lot of good information that we'd like to share with our listening audience um, you were also a real estate broker, so you, you were out in the trenches like us guys, uh, 114,000 plus in the state of North Carolina, and uh, worked wow. with Keller Williams, great organization, uh, and then uh, I guess you jumped over to, uh, uh, to the association. Indeed, yeah, it, it kind of, the, the, the current role that I'm in where I'm doing education and some legislative affairs, government affairs, it, it, it really kind of uh, combines all my previous experience into this one position. So I'm, I'm very happy what I'm doing here at the association. Well, I'm sure David and all of them are happy to have you. I don't know of any associations that has the talent that you have as part of the staff. So uh, you guys are blessed yeah. up there with your, your expertise, Matt. Also, sure. you developed Thanks. and taught continuing education classes, uh, courses uh, for special interests in legal classes on a variety of topics, including employment law and trust in the states. And those are a couple of things that I'd like to get you back on, uh, maybe, and, um, and explore those, because, uh, you know, okay. that's what this show's all about, is education. 
And as you know, there, there just isn't any in, uh, land specific education under Realtors Land Institute. And the course that I have, and thank you for uh, inviting me up to do the RLI class and hopefully get up there and do the uh, four-hour CE class for you guys too. But um, Yeah, I was just going to say we, we really appreciate you coming and doing that two-day course, Lou. Got a lot of good feedback. That was a lot of fun. It so, is a lot uh, of fun. Fingers crossed we can do some in-person events in the near future, and we'll, we'll definitely have you back. Thank you. And I'm actually working with the uh, Mike Bars uh, Greensboro Association uh, with Susan over there, the education director. And, uh, they contacted me, and uh, we're going to see if we can join venture and get me into a virtual class, which is going to be really interesting. But um, I'm excited. Any chance I can get out there and promote land, I always want that opportunity. What I wanted to uh, address today is uh, the Realtor Code of Ethics. Uh, Wikipedia, they just say the National Association of Realtors, uh, whose member brokers are known as Realtors, member agents are also known as Realtor Associates. In North America, trade it's a, it's a North American trade association for those who work in the real estate. And, and like I said, we have about 1.4 million members uh, nationwide and actually international. Uh, with uh, aspects to residential and commercial real estate industries, which includes land. And the National, Office, National Association also functions as a self-regulatory organization for real estate brokers. And the organization's our headquarters is on Michigan Avenue in Chicago. And in 1913, we adopted our own code of ethics. And we're one of the first uh, codifications of ethical duties adopted by any business group. And, uh, of course, we are uh, uh, celebrated our 100-plus years. And the Code of Ethics ensures you, the consumers out there, uh, are served by required realtors to cooperate with each other and furthering clients' best interests. And, uh, you know, and that's what it's all about. You know, um, I got my license, Matt, in 94. And, uh, you know, when you get your license, you are a real estate agent. You're not affiliated. And then if you choose, and you don't have to, but if you choose, uh, to join a multiple listing organization like yours in Nashville. Uh, you do that, but you also become a member of the state association, and then you also become a member of the national association. So you're actually a member of those three organizations. And in doing so, uh, our industry requires that you take a four-hour class on our code of ethics. And actually, in the old days, Matt, we had to take a test and pass it. If you didn't, you had to take it over. <laughs> Oh, wow, wow. And, and uh, uh, can you imagine that? And then, uh, uh, you know, and it was for life. And then, you know, there's always one or two out there that kind of muddies up the, the pond or the bad apples. And uh, so then they said, well, we got to do it every four years. And then it was every two years. And I think they're talking about us doing this every year now. Is that right? So they, they actually changed it to every three years. Oh, they moved it back. Uh, so okay. It, it, it was it was every four, and then they did went to two, and then I think enough people lobbied and said, you know what, two's overkill. Let's do three. <laughs> okay. So that's where we are now. Mm -hmm, correct. So yeah, the the current cycle for for anyone not in the know, all you realtors who may be listening, you have to complete your code of ethics by the end of 2021. That's the, that's when the current cycle ends. Right. So you are one of the course instructors at the association. Um, and you're also the director of your school, um, and I want to plug our, your school out there. Uh, for those that are listening that want to kind of follow us, uh, let me invite you to go to their website, which is www.skylandschool.com, S-K-Y-L-A-N-D school.com. Now, if you're driving, please don't do that. But, you know, if you've got a, uh, one of the uh, iPads or whatever, your computer, uh, go to that site, especially uh, even if you're not a real estate agent or realtor, you can see the kind of education that, that these associations provide, including my uh, land class. So, uh, but that's that's uh, what your job is, Matt. I wanted you to focus today on the the, the code of ethics, and I'm going to kind of get quiet and let you take over the show here. Okay. Thank you so much. Well, and let me just quickly say, following up on the school, um, definitely uh, anyone out there listening who is not a real estate licensee or realtor, uh, please do check it out if you're thinking about getting into the real estate industry. We we launched about a year ago. Uh, we're a full-fledged real estate school. We offer uh, pre-licensing, which is the requisite course that you have to take in order to sit for the licensing exam in North Carolina. Uh, we also offer all of the post-licensing that's mandatory once you 
uh, get your license. I'm, I'm sure Lou will agree with this, but you know, North Carolina definitely has a, uh, a rigorous uh, process for getting a license, which I think is a wonderful thing. And so we, we offer both the pre- and the post-licensing. That's 180 and, hours for the pre and then three 30-hour classes uh, for your post, which um, you're, you're a uh, provisional agent. And during that tenure until you get your three 30-hour uh, classes, uh, you actually have to be tied to a broker. Uh, broker in charge of the uh, of the firm uh, to to mentor you and be responsible until you get those and become a full fledged uh, uh, broker. At which point, you know you can operate uh, independent, uh, but still with supervision of the broker in charge, which I am for our company. So uh, oh, excellent, excellent. Um, yes, and and uh, you know for anyone listening out there who is who's needing your continuing education, we offer. A lot of different options here. Of course, the mandatory update courses, um, currently offering uh, classes on a variety of topics, including disclosure of material facts in real estate, radon issues, um, historic preservation issues, and uh, loan products for older adults is, is another one we're offering wow. uh, currently and uh, coming up before the end of the license year. So sure. uh, lots of different interesting options for any of you uh, licensees out there who still need to get your uh, continuing education out of the way. And that's www.skylandschool.com. So um, um, can you start off and give us a little background on, on the Code of Ethics? Sure. Well, Lou, I, I guess I'm going to turn around and ask you a question. Who do you think the first real estate agents were in the country? Uh, my father. Real estate brokers, I should say. My father. He was a he was a real estate agent back in the 50s and 60s. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I I guess what I was getting at is anyone could have been. There was no. It was a free for all. It was the wild west, literally. And uh, as I'm sure you can imagine, there was a lot of sketchy stuff going on, a lot of uh, speculative deals, a um, lot of, you know, unfortunately fraud going on. And so you had a, you had a group of real estate men, because back then it was, it was men who were, who were doing the deals, and they decided, you know what, we need to come up with some guidelines. We need to come up with some rules, or this is going to be totally unworkable. So they got together and um, met initially in the early 1900s. A couple of subsequent meetings later, they adopted a code of ethics, and that was in 1913 to establish professional standards in the real estate industry. And what's amazing is the code of ethics actually predated license laws, Uh, as far as I know, pretty much anywhere. And so I I don't think North Carolina actually had license laws until a couple of decades later. And so um, that was really the, the, the guiding force for real estate-related activities, and um, of course you had to be a member of the organization. As you said, it's a trade organization, and uh, by by joining it, you agree to, of course, not only be bound by license laws, um, but also this code of ethics. You know, my dad actually uh, used to, the real estate agents, uh, I don't even think they called them realtors back then, uh, but uh, he they used to, they were charged with actually writing the deed to transfer the property. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Things have changed. Yeah, they have. Thank goodness. I wouldn't want that responsibility, <laughs> especially describing an irregular piece of property, meets and bounds, that was pulled in chains. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, a little more, a little more organized now with surveyors and et cetera. Um, and, you know, it, it's interesting, Lou. Um, you know, there's obviously, given the fact that license laws came later, and actually were influenced by the Code of Ethics, you see a lot of overlap. You know, So um, certainly the Code of Ethics imposes additional obligations above and beyond license law or um, you know, statutes. Uh, well, license law is a statute or common law, I should say. Um, but you definitely see overlap in that. So um, you know, even if you are not familiar with the code, and you're a licensee, you are going to be bound by uh, similar provisions just under North Carolina law. Right. Our guest today is Matt Allen. This is uh, Let's Talk Land. Our sponsor is LandHub.com. View thousands of properties for sale at LandHub.com.
How many articles are in the current code of ethics? And I know we have the National Professional Standards Committee, and all this is volunteers. People don't realize the real estate industry, the only people that are paid are people like Matt, uh, staff people, uh, but we, uh, in these MLSs and at the state associations and at the uh, national associations, we have all of these volunteer committees. And I was privileged to be on the uh, uh, National Standards uh, Committee for a year representing the Realtors Land Institute. And, of course, I had to attend two meetings, uh, which was uh, fabulous, and watching the minutiae and the, and the wordsmithing and the adoption of our rules and regulations, and it's, uh, it, it's quite a process. So there's uh, how many, Matt? Uh, 17 okay. currently. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to kind of go through generally how the Code of Ethics is broken yeah, down. Yeah, please. Um, and, and, and let me just start off by saying, of course, anything I, uh, I say here is my own kind of insight, my own opinions, not the official position of, of the National Association of Realtors. So, we call that a disclaimer. Um, right? So with that, with that uh, caveat, uh, the, the code can basically be broken down into four sections. You have a preamble that's kind of aspirational, kind of explains the purpose of the code, uh, what what the Association of Realtors was going for in establishing the code, and it comes down to the golden rule, essentially. Uh, you know, do unto others as you would have done unto you. So that's that's kind of the what we are aiming for in, um, with the Code of Ethics. And then you have three sections after that. First, you have the duties to clients and customers. So you know, you you owe your clients additional duties than you owe customers, and customers are, of course, not your client. That said, you do owe your customers duties both under the common law and under the code of ethics. Um, the next section is duties to the public. Those are Articles 10 through 14. And then Articles 15 through 17 are duties to other realtors, and that's where we get into uh, issues related to maybe you know, I, I think I'm owed a commission that went to another realtor. Um, well, we can go before the Board of Realtors, and they actually, we actually have, that's the other cool thing about our Code of Ethics, there's actually some teeth to it. Uh, there's an enforcement process. You can, you can request uh, arbitration and come before the Board, uh, some of your peers, and, and uh, it's a very, you know, rigorous process that I'll briefly mention at the end of our, of our uh, discussion, Lou. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, they that panel will make the decision as to who is owed the money. So, a um, lot of lot to cover in the code of ethics. So I'll try and just hit the highlights. Okay, let me let me throw something in here for the audience. Okay, you've got two different structures uh, for the public out there. You have the real estate commissions in all fifty states, and their job is to protect the public from us, the realtors. They're, 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 if you've got an issue in a real estate transaction, uh, and it may be involving a, an agent or more, uh, your procedure is to go to the commission website, and they have a procedure and forms that you fill out of whatever your grievance is. And then we've got the Code of Ethics, and we've got the Professional Standards Committee I mentioned nationally, but we also have them at each MLS organization, and that's where we deal with each other realtor to realtor and the issues that we have that, uh, you know, that's not directly involving the public, but yet the public may be involved and may be a witness uh, in, a, in, a, in an arbitration. So I just want to clarify well, and, and just And just to be clear, Lou, you know, the, the members of the public can file an ethics complaint. Yes, of uh, course. You know, based based on the articles. Uh, it was just that last, that last section, which I'll, I'll get to, it relates to realtor to realtor issues involving exactly. money. So, um, so yeah, the, the the code is absolutely here to to keep realtors honest. But yes, if, obviously, the uh, the real estate commission and license law is an, is another avenue for members of the public if they feel aggrieved by the conduct of a of a licensee. <clears throat> okay, so I, I just mentioned you know the the first section of articles relate to duties to your clients and customers. Um, you know, Article 1 is, talks about this idea of protecting and promoting your clients' interests. So fiduciary duties, you know, we have the common law of agency, we have that body of law that we brought over from England, has been around for centuries. And so this, 
this first article is reinforcing that idea, but also the common law duty to treat everyone, including cu- customers, fairly and honestly. You can't, you know, defraud somebody. Um, and so that is what Article One of of the of the code is 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 covering. Uh, Article Two kind of piggybacks on that. Avoid any exaggeration, misrepresentation, or concealment of important facts. Um, you know, you, you can't <laughs> you can't uh, either on your own volition or or uh, you know supporting a client. You can't, for example, conceal something wrong with the property. Right. Uh, and and so that's that's what Article Two is addressing. And like I said again, all of these provisions have or most of them, I should say, not all of them, have corresponding um, provisions under the license law. Uh, Article 3 mandates that realtors cooperate with other real estate brokers, except when it's not in the best interest of your client. And you know, really that's going to be on the scope of, uh, of, this, uh, of this radio show, but you know, that, that's very narrow um, when that know, exception would, would come into play. Generally speaking, you should cooperate with other brokers. Um, Article 4, when you are buying or selling property, you need to make it known to other interested parties in the transaction uh, that you ha- have an interest and also that you're a realtor. That is, that is also a requirement under the Code of Ethics. So actually on a real estate contract, if you're listing a property, I have several uh, that are owned by realtors, uh, and I I put that in the comments uh, in the MLS and any documentation uh, offered to purchase or listing agreements that the uh, uh, principal or party to is a North Carolina licensed realtor or uh, from the other state. So it's like, uh, you know, it's I I see it as that uh, we're putting a statement out there that this person may be able to take an advantage in a transaction because they have experience. I think it's kind of the thrust of that. Am I correct on that? Yeah, I think so. You know, basically, uh, you know, we want to make sure that uh, people on the other side of the transaction don't feel like like we misrepresented, like you said, our, our additional experience and knowledge. Um, you know, maybe maybe by putting them on notice, that they'll they'll stay on their toes a little bit more than sure. they otherwise would. Buyer beware. You could say. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, um, so Article 5 actually, uh, you know, somewhat related, uh, it's, it mandates that you disclose any present or contemplated interest uh, to all parties when, when you're providing services. So it's kind of a conflict of interest provision. If you're going to gain some benefit or potentially gain some benefit, uh, that must be disclosed. Uh, Article 6 deals with uh, obtaining consent from your client if you're going to be paid by some other source. Kind of, a, and a, If you're going to get additional compensation, you should get informed consent from your client in that case. Uh, Article 7, very re- much related, informed consent from both parties if you're being compensated by both. And so if, if if for whatever reason both the buyer and the seller in a transaction are going to be compensating you, must uh, must let both parties know that fact and obtain their consent. Article eight, you know, this isn't going to apply to everyone, but if you're going to be responsible for maintaining a trust account, then you need to do so in a in a competent manner, and of course avoid any commingling of funds, mixing your personal money in with client trust money. You know, that's one of the things when we get the um, bulletin from the commission, it's uh, everybody used to when they printed it, it's online now, they go to the back page or back two pages and see who <laughs> who was reprimanded and it will give the yeah. state and so on. And a lot of it is uh, mismanagement of trust accounts and a lot of it's not malicious. It's uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's the county process and you may have an assistant that's doing that and they make errors, but uh, the principal is responsible and can be uh, can be sanctioned. So uh, you see a lot of that. In yeah, absolutely right. And, and, you know, the commission actually just, they, they had a trust account. And I know, I know I'm going back and forth in between okay. realtor code and, and, and 
license law and the commission, but uh, I think this is good information. Absolutely. Uh, if, if you are a broker in charge, you kind of mentioned what that means earlier, Lou. You know, you more likely than not, you're going to be responsible for uh, maintaining a trust account and. The commission actually has a course that is mandatory for new brokers in charge. That's correct. And, and so that is obviously the commission is there to uh, protect the interests of the public, and, and so that's a, that's a great class to have for new brokers in charge. And you see that more in property management organizations. Uh, we don't have a trust mm -hmm. account. You don't have to have one, uh, and we, we chose not to because we're not involved in property management, which is uh, definitely requiring a trust account. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, our Article 8 if basically says if you're going to, make sure you do so in a competent manner and, and no commingling. And then, uh, you know, the, the last article in this first block, uh, duties to clients and customers, is Article 9, and it just basically states that you should ensure that all agreements are in writing. Uh, you know, it's and, 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 and that's just so there's no misconception about what you agreed to you know as you know Lou some contracts must be reduced to writing per the statute of frauds most real property contracts but you know a lot of agreements really don't need to be you know verbal oral agreements are technically valid as long as the elements of a valid contract are present however um, it's always best to have things in writing oh, yeah. regardless because there's always going to be a, a proof issue later on if you do not. And so Article 9 says have all agreements in writing regardless and make sure to furnish copies to all parties involved in the transaction. Yep, the dog ate the napkin, but I still got part of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, which is, which is why, you know, always best, you know, let's say it is a referral agreement situation, you know, Technically, a referral agreement would not need to be in writing to be valid. It's one of it's a contract that wouldn't need to be in writing. However, just you know, make sure follow up with an email. Just memorialize everything, just so down the road uh, yep. there's 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 no way that someone can claim that you agreed to something different. You know, I'm privileged to be on the uh, commercial uh, NCRCA commercial uh, uh, forms committee. We had the residential forms committee, and then we had the commercial. We just lost our our lead guy, Garth Dunkel, in his memory, I'd like to mention. But I've uh, been on it since 2008, and I introduced the uh, land information worksheet, uh, which we're trying to get to legislation someday and make it required like the residential. But you would not cool. believe, you wouldn't believe the, the wordsmithing and the, and the time that we sit there and argue over a comma, the $50 million Yale comma, and the, just putting a comma and how it changes the meaning. Uh, that was a lawsuit that uh, was awarded $50 million over the placement of a oh, comma. Oh, wow. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, I, I'm a big proponent of the Oxford comma. I don't know if that was the context. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> comma can definitely make a difference. It does. Especially uh, once you get the, the lawyers get involved. But my point is that we're very cautious of the forms that we put out there, and it's applicable to as many situations that we can. We just finished last year. We worked on it for two years, the 580 uh, commercial form 580TL, which is the new land form. Uh, the form that we have out there is the residential form, and it's really for a lot transaction, not for an acreage transaction. So uh, one of my buddies called me today, and he says, you know, we're referring to this paragraph 6C, and there's no 6C. I said, how the hell did we miss that? So our next meeting, you know, we'll be working on that and cleaning up. But we take a lot of pride. We have 48 commercial forms uh, right now. So, uh, wow. And I know some, well, some states, we, they don't. We have they a have great forms three. committee. Um, and, you. And, and, you know, Forms from other states, and I really think that our forms committee here in here in North Carolina, NC Realtors, and the Bar Association, when they're involved, do a great job. So, yeah, we actually once so we thank you for your role in that. No, no, I, I, it's uh, it's it, especially when Garth there. I mean, it, that was the highlight of everybody. What what a, what a, uh, what a unique person he was. Uh, we'll, mm. we'll sorely miss him. But, um, indeed, indeed. Um, well, that's, that's it, Lou, for just a, a quick summary of that first batch of articles related to what your responsibilities are to your client and to customers or third parties involved in the transaction. Right, so, and you can go to the NAR website. Yeah, you can just oh, Google uh, uh, NCAR, uh, Code of Ethics, Real Estate Code of Ethics, for you guys that are interested out there. And uh, 
and, and get in, you know see exactly what all this stuff is. Hey, our guest today is Matt Allen. This is Let's Talk Land. Hey, thanks to our sponsor, LandHub. Looking to sell your land? Try LandHub.com. Okay, so we just went through the preamble and uh, and then the first block of articles, which are the duties to your client and then duties to customers. So uh, that forms the, the largest section of articles of the Code of Ethics. Uh, and then the next block, Articles 10 through 14, relate to uh, duties to the public at large. And first article in that section, Article 10, mandates that realtors provide equal services to all. In other words, it's an anti-discrimination uh, article. Um, you know, we, we have, of course, federal fair housing laws, and then we have state fair housing laws that okay. have protected classes, and, and, and those classes of, of persons uh, we cannot discriminate against in, in, in housing-related matters. And the Code of Ethics mirrors that and then goes above and beyond in adding uh, some additional protected classes. So you, of course, have you know, federal and state law, have familial status, uh, race, um, sex or gender, uh, disability, color, religion, and national origin. So under federal and state law, you cannot discriminate against someone in housing on the basis of those protected classes. Or, or any real estate transaction, not just housing, right? Uh, that... Correct. <clears throat> correct. Sorry. So when I say housing, I mean in the broadest possible sense, right. anything housing-related. Right. Um, and, and, of course, a violation of, uh, of that, discriminating against someone on the basis of those classes, is also a violation of, of license law of, of North Carolina It's very serious. Very serious. Definitely. Definitely serious. Uh, civil penalties, cr potential criminal penalties, getting your license taken away. If, and so, yeah, it, definitely something to be mindful of. And, and the Realtor Code of Ethics actually goes above and beyond and uh, several years ago added sexual orientation and right. gender identity. Right. And so Realtors um, must not discriminate on the basis of, of those protected classes either. Um, this includes being mindful of advertising. You know, that can be where uh, a lot of licensees and realtors alike can mess up on this. And so, you know, need to make sure that you're not putting some language in an ad that is, is um, excluding a member of a protected class or giving the implication that there's a preference for a particular type of person to the exclusion of other classes and so um, definitely something to be mindful of good stuff, good stuff. Um, article 11 my favorite one article, I'm gonna challenge in this one yeah very broad right ensure competency and disclose lack of experiences is, is my summary for article 11 and competency you know the the, the real estate license law has a, a specific provision that says you should not be unworthy or incompetent, or it addresses unworthiness and incompetence, right. and it basically mandates you have to be competent if you're going to represent someone in, for example, commercial, or you know, getting even uh, uh, more specific, a land deal, as I'm sure you can appreciate and, and validate, Lou. You know, want to make sure that the broker on the other side of any transaction you do it knows what they're doing when it comes to land, right? Yeah, I want to be a little braggadocious, if I may. Please. In 2008, I think that's when we were required to take the um, uh, second code of ethic class. And I went to Winston and took it. And on, during the class, I kept noticing Article 11, <coughs> which was uh, in my mind from the beginning. And the question I always had is why was land not included? If I may interrupt your show and just say on here, they're talking Please. about competency in residential real estate brokerage, real property management, commercial and industrial real estate brokerage. Land now is in there, and I'll explain that. Real estate appraisal, real estate uh, counseling, real estate syndication and real estate auction and international real estate. But it didn't have the four-letter word land. And as I attended these national conferences prior to that, I would always ask, you know, 
uh, candidly, like, why isn't land included? And, and the rebuttal was, well, land is part of commercial. Everybody knows that. And I said, well, what about farmland and, <laughs> and timberland and recreational land? There's all kinds of land categories, which is about 96% of the uh, uh, land mass in the United States. Uh, and uh, so I actually called Gloria Bowman, who was our uh, CO at the uh, NARRI uh, group, and, and challenged her. I said, uh, uh, I mean, right when I got back to the office, I called her and I said, Gloria, I said, why, how do we get land in as in Article 11? It needs to be there. And she says, wow, this is really fascinating. She said, let me call the attorneys upstairs and let's go to work on it. And that actually went to the Professional Standards Committee. It took two years, but uh, in 2010, land was actually included now as a specialty and the board of directors approved it. Uh, I was in San Diego teaching at the national, it was a pre-class pre, uh, at the national convention and, and got to attend the board meeting. They invited me in and acknowledged me for bringing that up and, and, and passed it. But um, people out there, they, they, they need to understand specifically on land, there's no land education out there. That's what this show's about, Matt. And, and you know, God bless everybody, but there's a lot of complications to land. There's 73 issues and observations on the land form versus 28 in a residential disclosure form. There's a lot of issues. So uh, uh, oh, make sure you work with somebody, you know, that you're trusting to uh, one of the most precious investments that people have with somebody who knows what they're doing. If not, ask them to bring somebody like me into the into the process. And that's what that article is all about. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your show. But, uh, no, you no, that you hit a nerve. That's, that's excellent, Lou. And, and and you know, and and again, you know, just to uh, just to you know, give 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 you and your experience and your and your courses an, another plug. You know, obviously, the way that agents, in, in addition to you know, a practical hands-on experience, there's nothing like that. But uh, your Realtor Institute uh, courses, so uh, yeah. Land Institute courses, rather. Right. So. Uh, Definitely, that's why we wanted to bring you in to, to host that, Lou, so we could treat yeah. some of our yeah. agents here locally to, to know more about all the potential pratfalls of, of, of working in land. So, um, and, and, you know, it brings up another point, Lou. You know, some states have uh, different curriculum or you have to jump through different hoops in order to do property management or commercial or uh, residential. You know, North Carolina, uh, we, we just have one license, and that technically enables you to engage in all different types of, of real estate. Uh, but obviously, uh, you know, license law mandates that you be competent, and then as a realtor, Article 11 mandates that even if your license technically enables you to do it, you need additional training, experience, education to, uh, to competently represent clients in those uh, different areas. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Lou, you know, it's, it's interesting. One thing about Article 11, uh, you know, we, we have standards of practice, which are, I guess, uh, additional commentary to help flesh out and explain each article. And, and, and one of the standards of practice under Article 11 specifically relates to preparing a comparative market analysis. And so... You know, the, the, the Real Estate Commission also expects licensees to be competent in, com, in uh, completing those, and the Code of Ethics also speaks directly to that point in particular. Uh, Article 12, um, be honest and truthful in promotion and marketing. So this is, uh, uh, you know, generally speaking about advertising, of course, in Article 10, specifically talking about not uh, having discriminatory advertising, Article 12 is about painting an honest picture in your advertising. Um, Article 13, avoid the unauthorized practice of law. Uh, again, uh, license law also uh, specifically prohibits that as well. You know, yes, real estate licensees and realtors are expected to be knowledgeable in a, in a variety of different topics, but uh, certainly if it's anything that could impact someone's legal rights, 
you, you need to kindly refer someone to an attorney. Sure. And, and, you know, it kind of goes back to, to your anecdote about your father doing meets and bounds right. for, for a legal description. Definitely in this day and age, do not do that as either a licensee or a realtor. That, right. would, that would definitely be an example of, of practice of law, and that is not allowed. Well, I hope everybody records their survey so now the attorney can uh, just refer to Platt, Book, and Page and let the uh, illustration <laughs> uh, demonstrate what the property is. Yeah, absolutely, Lou. Obviously, if it's if you're dealing with a subdivision, you know, newer uh, real property, hopefully you're going to have just a recorded plat that you can reference as the legal description. I advocate it for all land transactions, quite frankly, because uh, it's a permanent record and people lose stuff. Yep. Somebody yep. has died. Yep, absolutely. So don't unauthorized practice of law. Don't you know draft legal language. Um, you know, yes, you know, real estate license law mandates that you just fill out pre-printed forms. You know, go, going back to Lou, you talking about how you were on the forms committee. We we have excellent forms here in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. So uh, the, the real estate agent, the realtor, just needs to fill in the blanks and not actually draft language if it's for the buyer and seller in a contract. Right. Well, uh, you know, we used to, cause especially know. in the land forms, you know, you just put in other provisions, and as realtors, we were allowed to write in, subject to perk tests at buyer's site location, subject to survey, subject okay. to this, subject to that. And, of course, um, uh, the residential forms committee started, but uh, we can't do that anymore. Now you have to have an attorney. So you're writing an offer at, uh, at 9 o'clock on Friday, and you need to write a subject to perk test at buyer's. you got to call an attorney and have them draft it. I mean, Know, but that's what we have to do. We're not allowed to do it anymore. Yeah, and, and Lou, I can only assume, you know, and, and this is why the our, our contract has gone from two pages to 15. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure that there was uh, litigation or, or a threat of litigation it that takes led one. to, uh, you know, kind of some of these additional requirements. Yeah. So, um, yeah. All, all in an effort to, to protect both the public and, of, of course, the livelihood of, of real estate licensees and all good stuff. Um, one more article in, in this second section, Duties to the Public. It's Article 14, and it kind of relates to the final section of articles because, it, you know, a summary of Article 14 is that a realtor must cooperate in professional standards proceedings. Uh, so if a member of the public um, files a complaint based on the Code of Ethics, or if, as we're about to discuss, there's a money dispute between realtors. Uh, you know, Article 14 provides that the realtor will agree to, to be involved in that process. Right. And that is it for duties to the public, Articles 10 through 14. I don't know if you have any additional comments or, or questions, Lou. No, your presentation's excellent. And by the way, like I said, for those... Um, I don't know if you have these on your website, your, uh, your association website or your school website, but you can just uh, uh, search um, uh, real estate code of ethics. And uh, if you're going to buy or sell property and you're looking to select a, uh, a competent broker, you may want to kind of peruse through this and you know, see what we have to be, you know, uh, what we're charged with. Yeah, and, and, you know, the National Association of Realtors, very transparent, lots of information out there. So, I, yeah, I'll, I guess I'll just validate what you just said, Lou. Google NAR Code of Ethics, and you can get an idea of, uh, you know, the standards that realtors are agreeing to live by above and beyond uh, real estate licensee. And also, if you're looking to join and become a real estate agent or realtor, you know, this may be a place to start and say, well, do I, can I do this, you know? <laughs> I feel confident enough to follow these guidelines because that's important. Yeah, and, and, and anyone out there who's, who's interested in, in getting into this industry, I'd, I'd be happy to to speak with you. So I, I think Lou is going to include uh, our, our, our website, maybe an email address. And I will. I, I very, very much invite anyone out there who's interested to, to reach out to me. www.skylandschool.com. Correct. Well, Lou, should I get into the last block, and then I can talk about the enforcement? Perfect. It's your show. We're, we're open ears for you. Okay. 
Well, f- final section of actual articles is the is the section related to duties to other realtors, and it's just three articles. Uh, Article 15. Uh, it basically provides that realtors will not disparage or speak ill of other brokers. That's tough and sometimes. So <laughs> do not knowingly or recklessly make any false or misleading statements. No gossiping. No, uh, no talking bad about other people in the that's industry. Tough. I, that, I think that's tough. That's one of the hardest and articles and, to and comply with sometimes. Yeah, you know, and and it's interesting. There's there's no, you know, under license law, there isn't necessarily a corresponding provision. You know, obviously, if you slander or libel somebody, you know, you make a, a truly false statement about them. There's other, uh, you know, laws that could, uh, you know, provide someone some relief, and and you could get in trouble if you made the defamatory or slanderous statement. But um, nothing directly on point under license law. So this is one of those areas where realtors are agreeing to, to uh, you know, go above and beyond what the North Carolina license law provides. Right. Uh, Article 16 is basically do not step on the toes of another realtor. And you know, my summary is respect exclusive agreements that realtors have with their clients. Uh, you know, if, if somebody has a contract with a, a member of the public, uh, you should not be trying to hijack <laughs> or, yeah. or, or take that business away from your uh, fellow realtor. So, uh, so again, this is another interesting one that doesn't necessarily have any directly on-point license law provision. You know, the, it, it, as is the case with Article 15, you know, that there might be some other uh, civil uh, liability issues. There's there's a cause of action called tortious interference with contractual relations. I know that's a mouthful, sure but uh, the, the gist <laughs> is you are basically ruining someone's contract and taking their business. And, and, and if you do that and the other person can prove that you did that, they may uh, they may be able to, to uh, you know, get some money out of you. <laughs> Matt, you had your JD hat explaining that one, buddy. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, maybe maybe a little too in depth for for the show, but okay. uh, just you know, for your own edification, for your listeners' own edification. Uh, finally, Article Seventeen. Article Seventeen requires that realtors mediate or arbitrate disputes with other realtors and clients. Okay, so this this is where. Um, you know, this is one of the the main functions of the board of realtors. One of the one of the main, I guess, um, benefits of, of what they offer. They offer a, a means whereby you can resolve disputes without having to go through court, which, as everyone can probably appreciate, can be time consuming and expensive. Um, and so, you know, me- mediation. Just to, just to kind of uh, let everyone know that is informal it's not binding generally speaking certainly if you do it through the board of realtors it's not binding it's a way to try and come to some sort of resolution without doing uh, any sort of official hearing or going to court and i've actually been so that, involved that, 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 that's a, oh go ahead lou no i'm just i said i've been involved in a couple of those uh, um, well uh, as, a, as a witness and once against me which was totally bogus but it's amazing how professional. This, this is all volunteers again. This is fellow realtors that volunteer for these committees, and uh, you come in. You can bring an attorney. You can bring witnesses. Uh, it's taped. Uh, you have the uh, the plaintiff and, and uh, the, you know one side goes and the other side goes, and you sit there and it can last ten minutes. It can last all day until uh, you know, there's enough information that the, the committee uh, says uh, we'll make a decision, and they they uh, leave the room or we leave the room and. And they come back with their verdict, and that could be fine. So you, the, the, they can't take your license; only the commission can do that. But they can find a realtor, and I've seen uh, fines up to twenty-five hundred dollars, or restitution, uh, so uh, over commissions, wow. uh, plus interest. So uh, it's it's wow. uh, it, it's run like a court of law. It's very professional, and it should be, and it's fair to all parties. So uh, um, you know, yeah, no, we do they, clean house when they need to. Hear- 
that's good to hear that you uh, have gone through the process. And, and Lou, that sounds just to be clear, that sounds like that was an arbitration hearing. So, so I guess mediation, which is always what we we hope right. will exactly you know, we can resolve it, it there. But yep. if if for whatever reason we can't resolve it through mediation, then you go to a uh, a hearing. It's an ethics hearing or panel if it's a code of ethics violation. And um, Lou, it sounds like you were describing if it, if it's money related, then then you it's going to be what's called an arbitration. Right, exactly. And, and, in, and in either case, you know, once it gets to that stage, this is why I always encourage people to to come to some sort of agreement via mediation, because if it goes to a hearing, uh, you know, that that is going to be, um, you know, there's going to be a final decision, and, and unless binding. there was some yeah. issue with the process or something, then that's going to be enforceable. And exactly. so... You know, again, just another reason to to try and uh, work our differences out in advance of having uh, to go to that hearing. Matt, Matt, in your experience, what 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 are the codes, uh, specific codes that you've seen uh, more often, uh, just in your experience? What, what, um, you know, typical? it's a good question, Lynn. And I, I you know, I, I don't, I, I can't really say off the top of my head. I, you know, I do know that Article. Um, I, I have seen an article that outlined some of the most commonly violated articles in the Code of Ethics. Um, I know that Article 1, which, just a reminder, is, is pretty broad. That's where you, you are mandated to protect and promote your client's interests, but treat all parties honestly. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know that one uh, is one of, according to this article, one of the, the, most, uh, the most commonly violated, one of the top five. Uh, article 3 uh, is also one that cited cooperating with other brokers in most scenarios. Um, Article 10, unfortunately, is one, and and this is one that that's the one on on, on discrimination. So, you know, absolutely need to be very vigilant about that. Very obviously, a very much a hot topic and and important to to make sure your real estate practices are not discriminatory. Right. Well, really, any anything, any sure. areas of your life. Um, um, and there was actually recently a change of the Code of Ethics, Lou, and I, I, I don't want to go too down this rabbit hole, but, you know, NAR revised some some, uh, some points related to Article 10 in November and uh, kind of heightens the responsibility on Realtors to, to not uh, discriminate. So, okay. Uh, taking it very seriously uh, for good reason uh, at the uh, national level. Um, Article 12, be honest and truthful in your promotion and marketing. You know, advertising issues is another one that comes up a lot. Uh, And then Article 16, you know, making sure to not, again, hijack one of your uh, fellow realtors' clients or try and steal them away, even if it's inadvertent. That's what they're there for. I tell you, we're so uh, privileged. Uh, one of the things that I kind of have fun with when I start my classes off, I don't know if you were in the room when I started your class off last November. Uh, was it last November? Or was it November 4? Wow, time's gone by. Yeah. Time has flown, Lou. Yeah, that was all the way back in November oh, of, of 2019, believe it or not. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'd look after everybody's in. We do the Pledge of Allegiance. All of my classes start with the Pledge of Allegiance and all real classes. Uh, the land classes, it's just not required, but we all honor our, our country, obviously. And because we're talking about land, uh, most precious thing that we have. And uh, after we get everybody, I give everybody a chance to stand up and introduce themselves and what they do and a little bit about their experience. So everybody kind of gets a feeling for And it helps me as an instructor to kind of know what level I've got in my classroom. I have a lot of experience, a little experience, no experience. And I uh, can point those out and help the, help the ones with less and, and, and match them up during the breaks. But uh, I always look around the room and I say, you know, I, I just realized something, Matt. Uh, I, I don't think we're real estate agents. And I, I really don't think we're realtors. And I get real quiet. And there's obviously always one that says, well, Lou, what are we? And I said, well, this is just my opinion, but, but I, I think we're professional uh, problem solvers. You know, it always starts out with, Lou, I got a problem. I need to buy something. Or, Lou, I have a problem. I need to sell something. I mean, I, my Almost 30 years of experience. It seems like that's pretty consistent. And, uh, yeah. So then I say, well, you know, it's real interesting because from once you take the assignment until you conclude it, 
It's yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah, yeah. Why didn't this one do that? Where's the inspector? And why didn't it? What about the survey? What about the soils? Why didn't you know? You know, it's always, and we're in the middle, and we're, we're that's our job is to be a professional <laughs> problem solver. And then I further state, I say, well, and I look around the room, I said, you know, it's kind of interesting. I bet you everyone in this room probably knows a person that really has a hard time solving their own personal problems. I mean, some people do. I mean, it's just human nature. And, uh, you know, and, and by the way, you know, uh, at the next break, that door that, that you came in, if you, if you happen to be one of those, you may want to just keep going and maybe go sell used cars or something because we, we have enough problems with, with dealing with the public, much less dealing with the other agents. So I don't know yeah. if that's a good thing to do or not, but I just kind of have fun with it. No, that's it's so true, Lou. I mean, you know, you, you really you hear from agents all the time. Oh, I didn't know that I was going to have to be a, you know, sort of a, a you know, quasi therapist of sorts, or a, you know, a shoulder to cry on so often. And uh, you know, again, they're they're happy to do it. Uh, it comes part of the job. But but yeah, I mean, just to just to reinforce your point, you're you're, you're problem solving, and and it's never a dull day. I I, I, I hear love from, this business. From it's members all the time in my classes. There's always something new that comes up um, and you know a, a, a course that I that we are flirting with uh, developing is actually going to specifically be about the due diligence period Ooh, I like that um, and you know I, I again just really quickly for for listeners who may not be in the know on that when you purchase a house uh, or when you go under contract I should say you have uh, you know three weeks, five weeks in residential, much longer if it's if it's a you know commercial transaction. But you, you basically have a set period of time to inspect the property, you know, get your financing in order, um, you know, or, 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 yeah, you know, order a survey if you'd like to do that, which I think is very important. Absolutely. Uh, you know, line up the closing attorney, all those different things. And so, you know, we, we just wanted to do a course where we really did a deep dive into what that process Very looks important. like or should look like. Sure. I'm dealing with one right now. I got to 5 o'clock. Uh, we couldn't negotiate the uh, inspection, so we were terminating. I've already written it and sent it to the agent. I said, I'm in the radio talk show, and I said, but I want to have it in your hand uh, because i got to meet the 5 o'clock deadline. So um, how about uh, closing us out here? Um, just reminded, uh, you've got your um, uh, Asheville board up there. What's the website for your Ash Asheville board? So, and, and, and yeah, and, and thanks for pointing that out, Lou. So, yeah, I, I work in professional development at the Land of the Sky Association of Realtors. That's the local uh, office for, uh, you know, this particular geographic area for Realtors. Uh, that is lotsar.org, org. and lotsar is, of course, the acronym for Land of the Sky Association of Realtors. Um, and then in addition to that, I am the school director and, and principal instructor for our education arm, which is skylandschool.com. How do they get – what's your email? My email is uh, malen, M-A-L-L-E-N, at lotsar.org. So that's uh, M-A-L-L-E-N-L-O-T-S-A-R.com. Uh, O-R-G. I'm sorry, O-R-G. Yep. All right. You've been a perfect guest today, and um, we'd love to have you Thank back you. on with some other topics, Matt. This is a very important uh, area, and it's, I want our public to understand that we are for real, uh, and you've done an excellent job uh, illustrating that Thank today. Thank you so much. Thank it was you great being here, yeah, Lou. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, don't hang up. But anyway, thank you for joining us today. Let us know how you like the show. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to suggest, we'd appreciate them. All of our questions are welcome, and all of our guests may be emailed with your questions as well. This show is for the public and, most importantly, for real estate agents who do not have a source for land education. All of our shows are downloaded after the show this morning on our master website, www.letstalkland.net.net. Also, you find us on Spotify and Podbean. And uh, my email is lou at mylandpro.com. My cell phone number is 336-669-1405. And, of course, our sponsor, we really love, uh, Kevin May out there in Arizona. He's got a great land website. Our sponsor, landhub.com. If you're looking to buy or sell land, landhub.com previews thousands of properties. And you don't have to be an agent if you want to sell by owner. 
Writing how they get in touch with us here? Well, Lou, they can go to our website. Go to WKT1090.com, and also they can download the simple radio app and hear us anywhere in the world. I thought it was the universe. Well, the universe also. I mean, it just everywhere, 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 yeah. The simple, it sounds simple. It is simple, very simple. Simple And radio also, app. we have someone that is redoing our website and everything. So All right. So we're going to have a big contest coming up. We got one part of up, that. Yeah, yeah, we do. All right. I'm excited about that. And also, we are a happy music beach, station. Beach yes. Music and Oldies. Yes. You got a nice right. award. Yeah. Several. Five years in a row being the East Coast uh, Station of the Year Award. That's like from Maine to Florida or something like that? Yeah, in Georgia. Yeah. Georgia. Alabama. Mississippi, maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. This side of the Mississippi. Let's go. I got you. And you yeah. got a nice award. Yeah. Last year's uh, Reader's Choice Award for Announcer of the Year. Hmm, wonder why. I don't know. You're up for grabs, I think. You're I, up for some, yeah, right. some kind of well, award. I can't remember now which one it was. Right. So. Left out. <laughs> so like my baseball position. <laughs> hey, we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us.